What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am one of your hosts, Charles T. Hamilton. We will have uh, co-host Wes Goldberg on in just a minute. A lot of things happened over the last couple days since the last time we talked to you. Uh, We got a timetable for Steph's return. Two more games were played. Sadly, two more losses, but there were positives to get from that. More injuries. Steve Kerr's coaching. All of that's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am co-host Charles T. Hamilton. Like I said, we got a ton to get to today. Going to bring on co-host Wes Goldberg in just a minute to cover it all. I mean, Steph is out three months. That's at least 45 games. They lost to the Spurs. They lost to the Hornets. More injuries. I I, got to ask Wes what the locker room vibe is. Because you got to imagine there's different vibes between the young guys who are just starting to play and some of the veterans who are struggling dealing with losing. And then Steve Kerr called out his own coaching. And I can't lie, there were times during the Hornets game where I I questioned him too. So we're going to get to all of that. Going to bring Wes on in just a minute. But first, Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. Charles T. Hamilton and Wes Goldberg here, co-hosts of Locked On Warriors. Last time you guys heard from us was Friday, November 1st, and we hadn't gotten the timetable for Steph's injury, and we got it now. And <laughs> it seems um, long, longer than I would have imagined. Again, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on a podcast. But when I heard three months uh, it seemed like they were leaning into being tank adjacent. Uh, well, what did you think when you heard that it was going to be three months before oh. he's even reevaluated, Wes? I was shocked. I was shocked just like everybody else. I mean, you look back on the history of what an injury like this typically takes for a guy to come back, and, you know, it's usually a month, six to eight weeks, something like that. And for that three-month diagnosis to come out um, was – pretty jarring when the Warriors first announced that. And I was at the arena when, when it was announced, and I just remember everybody just sort of having the same reaction. It wasn't just me. It was Everybody was like, wow, that's a lot longer than what we expected. And I think one of the storylines that sort of came out of this was, okay, the Warriors are being very conservative, and they're just taking their time with Steph. And I I was told um, from people within the organization that that's not the case, that this is not a situation where they're being overly cautious. This, is, this was the timeline recommended by the doctor in L.A. who performed the surgery for the rehab and for a full recovery. So this is not trying to be cautious, like just being, you know, the, it's not like Steph could be fully recovered within a month and then they're just being cautious on top of that. No, it's going to take three months for him to get fully healthy, at least. And he's going to be reevaluated in February, and we'll see where we go from there. But I thought that was pretty surprising, that they thought it was three months 
at least to get 100% healthy. Exactly. That's the thing. It's at least three months. It could go longer. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it does go longer because of where they are and et cetera. But l- like you said, I think Woj even tweeted out as well that it's about getting the hand back to 100% uh, that, that goes in that time frame. Like, sure, you could probably play him at a certain point when he's 80% or something like that, but it's about getting him back to full health with that that non-shooting hand. That's right. And, um, you know, what, what's going to happen is they're going to put a metal – they're going to insert a metal plate into his hand. Um, that second metacarpal is, the, is that bone – right below the index finger on his non-shooting hand, which has, it plays a very important part in the balancing of the ball. And for Steph, you know, shooting is everything yeah. for that guy. So if it makes sense to be 100% healthy. I mean, you look at a guy like Rajon Rondo last year, he had a similar surgery on his right hand, which was his shooting hand, right? Rondo's a righty? I think he's a righty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came back within a month. He missed, I think it was 16 games. But it's not like Rondo could shoot in the first place. It doesn't really matter if he, yeah. if it, how like his hand is. So for, so for a guy like Stephen Curry, it makes a lot more sense to make sure you're back to 100% before he returns. So with three months being missed, by the way, when I said I thought it would be at least two months, I thought that was a stretch. So here in three months, right. I'm, I'm with you. I, I was uh, taken aback. But again, right move, regardless of whether you think they're you know trying to hold him out to lose more games or it actually takes as long to heal – Right move, regardless. Either way, it's the right move. Uh, but I with think that, it's going to be. I think it'll be closer to four months by the time same. he gets back on the court. Same. And with that being said, let's say it is just the three months. He comes back February first. He will have missed forty-five games. Not to mention yeah. the time, the extra time that'll take. He'll probably miss fifty-five to sixty games this year, which obviously major loss. But with the with our goals, at least, I mean, I know the Warriors will never come out and say that uh, their goals are matching our goals, which is, you know, lose just about as many games as possible, get as high a draft pick as you can, develop the young players, all that stuff. But with him missing at least 45 games, I mean, how bleak do you think the record will be? Oh, like specifics? I mean, this might be a situation where... More or less, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this, is, this is a team that won one out of what was it, one one of four when Curry was on the team? Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. Uh, historically bad defensive rating. Second worst net rating in the league behind only the Sacramento Kings who are still jet-lagged from their trip to India from the preseason. Really? So it's <laughs> – the team's not good. And there's only going to be more – like we've already seen injuries to Draymond. We've already seen injuries to D'Angelo Russell and stuff. And I think that we're kind of overlooking this ankle thing with D'Angelo. He's already listed as questionable for Monday night's game against Portland. So he's probably going to miss two games straight at least. It's just all these things are piling up. 30 games maybe they win? Ooh. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's like, my thing. realistically at right now. Yeah, yeah I – like like you, you, you kind of referred to, they will get D'Angelo Russell and Draymond back at a certain point. But, I mean, if they're in contention for the number one pick, I, uh, that would not surprise me as far as this team's concerned. But, again, you do get D'Angelo Russell back. There's some wins. Same thing with Draymond. And then we'll see how they handle Steph towards the end of the year because, I, once again, in their it's in their best interest to lose games. So how do they handle him coming back? with, you know, however many games left. But it's going to be a a tough 
season aesthetically, <laughs> but uh, I definitely think yeah. the right moves are being made. I, I, I still wouldn't rule out. I mean, I think, I think Steph eventually gets back on the court. Yeah. I wouldn't rule out Clay coming back just yet because I do think that there's certain there's a certain amount of goodwill that this organization wants to show a guy like Clay Thompson. He's been he was in the, he was the only of those like foundational three guys to be in the locker room at the end of that uh, Spurs loss. He was the, or I'm sorry, the Hornets loss. He was the only guy in that locker room. He actually like showered and everything. It was weird. I was like, dude, you haven't like what. Are, <laughs> Like, what was that all about? But uh, uh, he's been around the team. I think Steph and Draymond, you know, Draymond's not going to miss nearly as much time as those guys, but he'll, they'll, they'll all be around the team. Um, and I think there will be a certain amount of goodwill from the organization. Be like, like, let's get these three guys on the court at some point this season. I could see that happening towards the end of the year, um, understanding that the draft lottery, the, the new odds are pretty much smoothed out, that, you know, if you win a game or two, it's not going to kill you probably. Yeah. Um, I could see them doing something like that, but for the you know for the balance of the season, this is going to be this is going to be pretty rough. And I think you know for somebody like me, I'm going to have to or for somebody like us, like for us, we're going to have to start like doing some draft prep pretty oh, soon yeah. because that's where we're realistically looking. At. I have to watch more college basketball than I, we probably ever have had to watch before. You know, luckily, Wes, I, I'm kind of a draft nerd, so it, at least the uh, the work that I've done before that didn't matter for the Warriors will matter this year uh but uh yeah I know it's it's too bad I was I was talking to uh I talked to Josh Lloyd the other day and I was like yeah it's great to have Wes aboard it just it sucks this is this first season he's gonna have to cover for the Warriors everybody keeps telling me that it's yeah. <laughs> like yeah well what a time to come around and I'm coming over from locked on heat and they're like they have the second best record in the east so oh, you know. God. yeah they're impressed <laughs> they're impressed you know what kills me and I know we're we're kind of you know Whatever we're just we're chopping it up about the Warriors, yeah. But the Kendrick Nunn stuff. I mean, I know the Warriors yeah. weren't in a place to keep him last year to uh, to put him on the main roster or anything. But the fact is, they did have him in their organization with their G League team, and now he's with the Heat. You know, killing it. Well, we know that the Warriors are kicking themselves over not bringing Kendrick Nunn back on board. And like you said, there wasn't really a roster spot there. They were hard capped. Um, they're they're you know of the fifteen available players that they could have they've only they're only carrying 14 because of that hard cap and what the heat did was where every other there there were other teams in the league you know pitching Kendrick Nunn two-way deals but with the heat the heat gave came out and gave him a, a two-year non-guaranteed mm-hmm. ro- regular roster spot so that trumped everything else that they had that he was being offered so in retrospect you say okay well the Warriors didn't have that so you can't really blame them but then you look at what happened in training camp with guys like Marquise Chris, who beat out a guy like Alfonso McKinney, you know, Marquise Chris is as impressive as he was in the preseason, hasn't done a whole lot in the regular season at all. They're starting to get Willie, Cal- they're, you know, they're getting Willie Colley Stein back. I don't know how much Chris is realistically going to play long-term this season. So, you know, you could have been looking at a situation where none now is your primary backup point guard behind D'Angelo Russell and able to give you all these minutes and, and, you know, able to score the way he's scoring in Miami as opposed to having a guy like Alfonso McKinney who didn't ultimately make the team or Marquise Chris who may not get a lot of minutes going forward. And exactly. It's all hindsight. You know, at the time when it happened, the Warriors weren't able to, to 
do anything. I mean, they, they could have. They could have, you know, cut someone and then taken on the luxury, all that stuff. But it's all hindsight. No one knew none was going to be doing what, what he's doing. But, man, he's looked damn good. And, I mean, uh, if anybody should have known, it should have been the Warriors, though, exactly. right? Like, they had him in there. And that's – that. look, I, I, I was still doing Locked on Heat at the time of uh, – you know, Vegas summer league and stuff. And he was blowing up in summer league. Everybody's like, wow, is this guy going to really like play? And I was like, I don't know. I think this is just like summer league stuff. Like this is like kind of just garbage time minutes. I don't know if he could do this in the NBA. To me, he just seems slow on the uptick. He's he takes a long time to download what's going on on the, on, on the offensive end. I'm like, I don't think this guy is like a guy who can run your offense for you, but the heat haven't been asking him to do that yeah. so much. They just ask him like, go up there and score points. And, he can go get buckets, that's for sure, and he's big and he's athletic, so you know he's got some defense. He's got a nice defensive ceiling. Uh, I'm a little surprised that the Warriors didn't find a way to make it happen. That the Heat for, on the other side of the country saw what Kendrick Nunn more so than any other team in the league. But that's also that's I, I think that's more credit to the Heat and their scouting definitely. and what they've been able to do on the margins than necessarily blaming what the Warriors did. No, or definitely. Didn't do. I mean, I look at the Heat and Derek Jones also. I know he's not at the same level as Kendrick Nunn, but like you said, what they do on the margins is maybe some of the best work in the league when it comes to uh, to the margins at the, the very least. It's them in the Spurs. Nobody does yeah. it better than those two. Teams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the other thing. Nunn, you know, he was getting numbers in the G League, all that stuff, but uh, the, the jumper, the three-point shooting, like it's not – I think he shot like 31, 32% from three last year in the G League. It's not as if, yeah. you know, the, we, they knew he was going to be a knockdown shooter. But anyways, back to the Warriors because, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not locked on heat anymore, Wes. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I wanted to mention also when we talked about D'Angelo Russell and Draymond and their injuries, but my thing with these injuries is obviously neither of them are long-term, but to me it it falls into the – Tank adjacent where Draymond has always played banged up. Like he'll always talk about, we always hear rumors about Draymond being banged up because of the way he plays and that he has to play minutes at center and things like that. But to me, these injuries that are holding him out right now seem like the things that were quote unquote banged up. The, the things that he would play through. Uh, and this year we're not going to be seeing him play through those, those, uh, those ailments. I don't think. Right. I mean, it, it's, it was pretty interesting. I don't know. It was ironic. It was a coincidence that Steve Kerr comes out before that Spurs game and says, we're not going to run Draymond Green into the ground. And in that game, Draymond Green injury, like, you know, tears a ligament in his thumb on his left hand in the first half. And it's just like, it, 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 I just, it looks like they're exasperated by this. I mean, Draymond at the end of the game had the bandage on his hand and, the, and you know, we were asking about it post game and, he looked as that. He was just like, I can't even believe that my, my this is happening to my thumb. <laughs> it was just, it really like this is the season from hell for these guys. Yeah. It really is, and and they're acting like it. And I, you know, I'm not. They're not acting like it in the sense that they're frustrated and stuff. I think Draymond came out and had those wee bleeping suck quotes early <laughs> in the year. The organization told them basically to rein it in. Don't say that every press conference because. If you do that, there's going to just, you know, every press conference you're going to have to get bleeped out. So um, they, they asked him to rein it in a little bit. He has. But in the meantime, the rest of these, like, you know, reading between the lines of what they're saying, it's a lot of individual development. It's a lot of, okay, we got to develop these young players, blah, blah, blah. They have a great opportunity, blah, blah, blah. They keep saying it. But what this really means is that not only is this whole tank-adjacent season about getting a draft pick, it's also about proving – to other potential free agents 
if you come to Golden State, we're more than what we're more than just a team that can manage four All Stars at a time and win a championship, right? It's come to Golden State. We'll make we will make the most of your talents. You know, if you're like the next Glenn Robinson the third or whoever, like we'll just we'll make the most of your talents. Come here on the cheap for a discount, and we'll make sure that you have a couple a good year or two with us, and then you can go and prolong your career somewhere else. And that is a valuable thing to have that the Warriors don't really have right now. We know that they were able to sign veterans on the cheap at, you know, bargains in the past because those guys were chasing rings. These Warriors aren't chasing rings, but there's now a new kind of phase to this, you know, culture building, if if you want to put it that way, where we were talking about teams like the Spurs and the Heat. On their down years, they're able to do that. You know, guys go to those teams because they know that they'll learn a lot, they'll get in good playing shape, and they'll be able to prolong their careers another two, three, four, five seasons and make a whole lot more money. So that's kind of where they're at right now. So whether or not they're developing these guys, I think, you know, a guy like Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole, Jacob Evans, you know, they're going to be on the roster next year because they're young and they drafted them. But uh, for these other kind of the Glenn Robinsons and the Willie Cauley-Steins and, and the Alec Burks of the world, they'll probably, they're probably not going to be there next season. Um, and, so, and it'll be that next group of guys that they're going to need to fill out the roster when Steph and Draymond and Clay and those guys are healthy. Definitely. Uh, they played two games since the last time we talked. I want to ask you about those because you were obviously there. You're going to be at every one, every single game, so I don't even need to be mentioning that. But you were there. You got the vibe. I want to ask you about that in just a second. So, Wes, you were at both the games over the weekend. Obviously, two losses. Neither of them a lot to write home about. Uh, and, again, it's tough to get in the mode of these losses are probably for the best, but they did lose to the Spurs on Friday night, uh, one twenty-seven to one ten. But again, it was if if you're following the the idea that the best things for them are to build D'Angelo Russell's value, develop young players, and then lose. That's pretty much exactly what they did Friday night. D'Angelo Russell had thirty again, not super efficient, but. 30 and 8, you know, that's that's attractive to certain teams. Jordan Poole had an efficient 20 going 4 of 7 from 3. Uh Glenn Robinson was able to get a couple buckets, but he also has been rebounding pretty well. Uh Damian Lee looked good. And this this is all in a loss again and Eric Pascal again 20 plus minutes in the loss. Uh but I what I wanted to ask you about since you were there and then also about the the Hornets game as well. But since you were there uh, on Friday night, what was the vibe in the locker room like after that? Because it's just such a different situation than we've seen with the Warriors where I know they don't want to lose and they're out there playing their hardest, but when a guy like Jordan Poole has a good game, is there any good vibes around that? Or is it just another loss, let's move on? Um, this team is pretty interesting because there's, it's like a – there's the team and then there's the team that's playing, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's the team in that it's, this is Steph Curry's, Draymond Green's, Clay Thompson's team, but they're not out there uh, right now. Draymond Green was, but um, the most, like the bulk of these minutes are going to like the Pascals and the Pools and Glenn Robinsons and these guys. And they're just ecstatic to have this opportunity. One of the re- like for a guy like Glenn Robinson, for example, one of the reasons he left Detroit angry and signed with Golden State was because he got thrown out of the rotation with the Pistons, who were not good last mm-hmm. year. I know they made the playoffs, but they're not really – they made the playoffs in the East. They're not, they're not a good team. Um, and now he's able to play real starter rotation minutes with the Warriors. And 
I think that these guys are, and I'm not saying that they don't care about losing or whatever, so I don't want, they're happy to get this opportunity. They, yeah. they know sort of what this season is. So in these locker rooms afterwards, um, it's not like they're, they're all like hanging their heads and stuff. Like yeah. they're, they're still talking. They're still laughing. I mean, you walk in that locker room, you know, it was a loss, but you didn't really, you didn't know that it was a loss like that. Right. Like, you know, that they got blown out. Yeah. So I think that's been in, in both circumstances, that was, that's been sort of the mood in the locker room. And it's, it's been surreal. Like you walk into this locker room and you see the nameplates of the guys you expect to be there. And then you see the guys that are actually standing in the locker room. And it's kind of weird. Like I don't recognize this team. It's the strangest thing. It feels almost like an expansion team. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, so to me, it's just, it's been a surreal vibe. I think that's more just me than the players. But for the players, this is like this is a whole tryout season, and I think that they're just happy to have that chance. No, and I think you know that it's kind of what I expected too. Uh, p- people have talked about it with the Oakland A's, uh, even in their down years, is the fact that they're always turning over the roster. There's always this youthfulness of guys that are just happy to be there and happy to be playing the game. And I think we're kind of seeing that with this this young Warriors roster, where you know it's every loss isn't the end of the world uh speaking of you know another loss when they played the hornets this is the one that i really wanted to get to because this is the the blueprint of tank adjacent if you ask me uh draymond steph clay obviously d'angelo russell and kavon looney all out to me that's their starting five all out none of them playing so you had kai bowman jordan Poole, uh glenn robinson eric paschal and willie collie stein play they played damn well. They end up losing by six, had the lead for most of the game. Uh, but Eric Pascal goes for 25, his second 20-point game of the season. Kai Bowman, who in short minutes did not look great, but in this game he played pretty damn well, going 6 of 11 from the field uh, for 16. Glenn Robinson was hitting threes. Um, Jordan Poole, not his most efficient game, but he was getting buckets as well. So not only did a lot of the young guys play well, they also got the loss, and I think you mentioned Clay was in the locker room uh, for this game. Yep. Yeah, has Steph um, has, has Steph been around any of these games? That was the other one I wanted to ask if he's he's around or is he just out uh, rehabbing on his own at this point. So I didn't see Steph. I can't confirm or deny if he was actually at the arena. I assumed he would have been just because his dad was there. Mm, right. um, but you know, because he's the broadcaster for the Hornets. Yeah. yeah. Um. I didn't see him, and I did not see Draymond. I even asked uh, Steve Kerb if they'd be there, and he said he didn't even know. Uh-huh. That, and that, that's, I guess, a lot of organ, a lot of teams have the policy that if you're hurt, but you, and you can sit on the bench, you know, depending on your injury, if you can sit on the bench, you should be sitting on the bench. The Warriors don't have that yeah. policy, so he's basically like it's up to them. They, if they show up, they show up. Great. D'Angelo um, Russell was he was on the bench, right? I thought I saw him. Uh, he was. Yeah. He, but he was. I wouldn't say a game time decision, but he was. Uh, you know definitely more of a game time decision mm-hmm. than those other guys were. Um, so he was there uh, and Clay Thompson was in the locker room doing his thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't see Steph. Steph actually, I would imagine he wasn't there because like, I think I, on last Friday I was telling you about how, you know, he had like the, the shoes that he was wearing were yeah, still at the yeah. locker and he had like a pair of shorts in there that he never took away. And it was just disorganized. It doesn't look like he ever came back to that. He hasn't come back to that locker. I would say because the shoes are still there, the shorts are still there, like everything's still there. It just looks like somebody came by and cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah. But all the stuff that was there was still there. And again, typically a guy with typically a very neat, tidy, organized locker. It doesn't look like he's gone back to it since leaving. Um, yeah. That night, he broke his hand. 
Well, how how about uh, the the vibe that night? Because that's the that's the one that really yeah. you would think there'd be some young guys pretty happy with their their performances and the fact that you know, hey, maybe we can actually play in this league. You know, we're here getting buckets, especially two two way guys like Kai Bowman and Damian Lee. Uh, Bowman had sixteen, Lee had thirteen. Where you know, even though it's a loss, probably feeling pretty good. I think Steve was more frustrated than anybody. Um, yes. He 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 blamed himself for the loss. Yeah, yeah. A little, I think it was a little extreme, but I think he was also, you know, he had a point. He took Willie Cauley Stein out. They gave off. They gave up a rebound off that missed uh, twice. free throw. And that twice, Man, twice, twice, and that was <laughs> that's pretty tough. But you also can't like his logic was Terry Rozier is a really good free throw shooter. I assumed he would make those. We wanted an extra shooter on the floor because we needed to make a shot. And I'm like, okay, you can't really argue with that logic. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just you're all kind of playing the results more than the process. But um, it was telling that he put the blame on himself because I think he was really happy with how those guys played. And those guys were, you know, they kept saying, oh, you know, it sucks to lose a close game. But you're absolutely right. I mean, they there was a sense afterwards that they felt like they could play, mm-hmm. that they could really do something. Now, I will preface that with saying – the 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 Hornets might be the worst team in the league. Yeah. Period. So yeah. there's there's that. Um, you know, there as far as playing a bunch of rookies and two way guys and players who don't really have a uh, future in the NBA, the Hornets are right there too. So um, we'll see what it looks like tonight versus Portland, which is a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Which is also why, man, I I you know again I know the loss is for the best, and that's one of the toughest parts about being a fan of a team in this situation is you're not rooting for losses, but you can see the positive in the losses. But I'll tell you what, I wanted them to get that win on Saturday night because I thought it would have been so great for the young guys, for a guy like Pascal who was taking over and going at P.J. Washington the entire game, who was uh, you know the 12th overall pick. So I, I wanted them to get it. It's too bad they didn't, but you can see the silver lining in a loss. But before we sign off here, I just want to say, you know, maybe I'm overreacting. But as far as trying to find role players that will fit this team every night this year and for years to come in these young players, to me, I think check one off the list. They already got one in Eric Pascal. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, this is a guy who it's, it's interesting. A lot of rookies, you give them a little, you know, give them a few minutes here and there. And they'll, they'll, they'll show flashes, right? We've seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you give them extended minutes and they start to teeter a little bit, you know. Uh, their weaknesses become a lot more distinct. And that is not the case with Pascal at all. I mean, it's, it's the opposite. The more minutes he gets, the better he looks, which is, I, it, it sounds ridiculous. It, does, it sounds simple, but it's, it's a, a pretty incredible thing for a guy who has never played in the NBA before yeah. to be able to get more minutes. And then you just see more and more strength of this game. I mean, you're talking about him going at P.J. Washington – they were isolating Pascal at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, they were going to him for offense. They were running their offense through him. We already knew that he was a stout defender, right? Yeah. So that was pretty incredible to me. Um, they've definitely found a player with him. And there's the prospect going forward of him and Draymond Green in that front court should have Warriors fans pretty excited for when this team is healthy next season. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the only knock you have right now is the jumper. Well, all right, we've still got uh... – 77 games to work on that before next year. He was he was 10 of 18 overall. He missed all five of the three-pointers he took. Yeah. So, okay, sure. He missed all five of the three-pointers he took. The dude took five three-pointers, didn't care that he was missing all of yeah. them. Like, you've got to love that confidence. I mean, if there's a time to miss five three-pointers, it's this season. Exactly. And, then you, and on the flip side of that, 
do the math. I mean, that's ten of ten of thirteen on two <laughs> on two pointers. That's really really efficient. And none of those were gimmies. That wasn't those weren't transition layups or anything. No. He was going into he, a crowd and getting it done. Six six two fifty, just shouldering his way into dudes, getting to his spots. He had a nice little spin move. I mean, yeah. I I I'm with you. I don't mean to overreact too much, but I, this. That's the player. Absolutely. Like I said, if they're hoping to get three or four rotation players for years to come, next couple of years with these young guys, I think they already got one. No question. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Wes, man, it's uh, been good, I guess. You know, as, as good as talking <laughs> about losing can be, but they're taking on Portland tonight. I am going to, you know, forego a preview because I think we all know what's going on. Uh, we'll see who plays. Uh, doubtful Draymond. Draymond's already out, right? I think he's already been ruled out. Draymond's out, and D'Angelo Russell's questionable. So we will see. Uh, maybe the young guys can come up with another good performance. But regardless, I'll be talking to you again real soon. Thank, thank you guys so much uh, for listening to Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.